today I'm continuing on with the church history and core doctrines study. But today we're going to look at an issue that I wrote about in my discernment toolkit book. And also, by the way, that whole series is on video. Well, not the whole book, but a number of the chapters of the book are on video and they're on, they're on my site, uh, ACT TV, both on YouTube and on RTN. So I encourage you to go look at those, especially because there's a section that I did with video clips of these false teachers. And I basically uh, talk about it and then I stop the video and I have a discussion with people. I use this in the Bible study to ask them what they think is wrong with what was being said. And then I comment on it also. So it's a, it's a useful thing and it can actually be used for Bible studies. Well, I've been running a discernment website now since about 1996. And uh, I have been getting anywhere from one to two million hits per month. And so when I found that out, I realized the importance of what the Lord was doing through that website and the importance of sticking to what's important. Um, you know, there are a lot of silly teachings out there. There's plenty. But the serious business is when those teachings tear down the core doctrines of the faith. And that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to expose those who teach against the core doctrines. And, you know, compare them against the essential doctrines in the word of God. And, of course, warn Christians away from them. Because if they're teaching against the core doctrines, we're not to be uh, following them or listening to them. Because they're off. And we'll be going through the core doctrines later in this series. But the first thing I wanted to do is remind Christians, and I know you guys are all aware of this, that it's absolutely essential to discern, test, and judge according to the word of God, because so many are not being brought to maturity in Christ. Maturity in Christ is learning to discern. That's the def the biblical definition of maturity. We go we go from drinking milk to eating meat. We go go on to the to the deeper things in Christ. Now I'm thankful that many of you know that biblical discernment is part of the process of becoming mature in Christ because you know hopefully you are listening to people who are teaching uh, sound doctrine or your pastor teaches it. But before we mo move into a pared down study of the core doctrines, which will be the next study, um, I want to remind you of what constitutes biblical discernment and how important that is. And as, as I said, those things are already on DVD. Uh, they can be ordered or just watched for free up on YouTube. So biblical discernment. There are three important biblical ways in which we are to use discernment. Number one, we're to test all teaching for sound doctrine, and especially against the core doctrines of the faith as laid down in the 66 books of the Bible. And we'll cover those core doctrines in the next part of this series. 
Number two, test all prophecies to see if they're biblical. And if the predictions of a prophet all come true. Don't believe them when they say that a prophet can be wrong and still be a true prophet. <laughs> if you are speaking for the Lord, you say, thus saith the Lord. Then if, you, if you're wrong, then you're making God a liar. And your issue is with God himself. And boy, you're in big trouble. The third thing is we test their lives, words, and actions for the fruit of the Spirit. We're to test the fruit. Well, let's go through these three things in order. Test their teachings. The church and individual Christians are commanded by the Lord to reject false teachers and heretics. Uh, Titus 3.10, a man is a heretic after, if a man, a man is a heretic, after the first and second admonition, reject. We are to reject heretics. Now, Peter defines a heretic as a divisive person who lays error alongside of truth, secretly introducing destructive heresies. That's what false teachers do. They don't just give you all the false information in one load. They give you some true and some false. And that's how they lure you in. 2 Peter 2 1 says, But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there are false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Now, there's some people who look at this verse and they go, Well, maybe there's no more true prophets today, it's just false teachers. And that's very true that we do have lots of false teachers today. Unfortunately, we also have a whole load of false prophets, especially because of the new apostolic reformation, who are going out there and telling people they're prophets when they're not. Christians are true those who preach the false gospel because they're condemned by the Lord. We know that. Galatians 1, 8, 8 through 9. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel, other than the one we preached to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we've already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. As you know, when things are repeated a couple times in the Bible, it's kind of like they're in bold or underlined. It's something we're supposed to pay attention to. Even Paul, a foundational apostle, encouraged his listeners to Test his teaching against the written word of God. And he stated that those who teach must not go beyond what's written. Remember what he said about the Bereans, Acts 17.11. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. So he he, he really congratulated them for doing what he wanted them to do. He told them, uh, test, test what I judge, what I say. I've often said this, the false teachers say, judge not, and true teachers say, judge what I say. First Corinthians 4, 6, now, brothers, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, do not go beyond what is written, 
then you'll not take pride in one man over against another. So believers are to be discerning. Philippians 1, 9 through 11 says this, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Proverbs 15, 14 says, The discerning heart seeks knowledge, but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. Proverbs 17, 24 says, A discerning man keeps wisdom in view, but a fool's eyes wander to the ends of the earth. Proverbs 18, 15, The heart of the discerning acquires knowledge. The ears of the wise seek it out. Proverbs 28, 7, He who keeps the law is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons disgraces his father. Proverbs 3, 21, My son, Preserve sound judgment and discernment. Do not let them out of your sight. Why do we test teaching against the scriptures? Because we are commanded to remain in sound doctrine, to keep the faith, and to follow the teachings of the prophets, apostles, and Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 4.3, for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Oh boy, we're living in those days, aren't we? Titus 1.9, he must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Guess what? We're to encourage people in sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. It's our job, folks. It's to teach what is in accord with sound doctrine. False teachers are liars and do not remain in sound doctrine. First Timothy 1.10, for adulterers and perverts, for slave traders and liars and perjurers, or for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. When people uh, start to be liars, they, it's, it's an indication they are in default doctrine. Well, then what about testing the spirits? We're warned by the Lord to test every spirit because many false prophets have gone out. 1 John 4, 1, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God, because many false prophets, have gone out into the world. Boy, we're seeing that today. Thousands upon thousands of false prophets. How do we test the spirits? Well, by comparing what, they're what these guys are teaching and prophesying to what the Scripture says, and also if they're living in the fruit of the Spirit. How do we do that? Well, first we must be in order to test anyone, we have to be a believer in Christ ourselves. Romans 12, 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 2 Corinthians 
13.5, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Do not, do not realize that Christ Jesus is in you, unless, of course, you fail the test. We're to test ourselves. Test ourselves first. We are to test our own words and actions to be sure we're in the faith and in sound doctrine. Galatians 6.4 says each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else. So how much are we supposed to test? I know you know the answer to this. 1 Thessalonians 5.21 Test everything. Hold on to the good. Finally, we are to judge rightly. Are we to judge? Certainly. We're not to judge hypocritically as in Matthew 7.1. In other words, judging someone while we're doing the same thing ourselves. That's awful. The Lord doesn't like that. We are also not the final judge of anyone's salvation. That's the Lord. But we are to judge what people are, teach and prophesy. Paul commanded those who listened to him to judge what he was saying. 1 Corinthians 10, 15. I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. You know, true teachers aren't afraid of being judged according to the word of God because they know that they're in line with it. It's the false teachers who don't want to be judged against the word. A saying I find useful, as I said, a false teacher says, judge not. A true teacher, like Paul says, judge what I say. We must learn to judge rightly now because someday, you know what? We're going to be involved in judging here in during the millennial kingdom. First Corinthians 6 3 says, Do you not know that we will judge angels? How much more the things of this life? I believe we're going to be judging the fallen angels, but that's what we're going to be helping the Lord out with when he's here reigning in this world. We're told by the Lord to judge those inside the church because God judges those outside. He takes care of that. We are to clean house. Make sure our house is clean. We're to reject heretics and expel wicked men from the assembly of believers because if they're allowed to remain, they will leaven the whole lump. 1 Corinthians 5, 12-13, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked man from among you. So, you know what? There's no hoarding. <laughs> allowed in the churches. <laughs> oh, we'll just hoard all the stuff, everything that comes out. Everything in the bookstores, all the music we hear. No. You got to get rid of the junk and clean it up. We're also to test their prophecies. We're to test prophecy to see if it comes true and is, in bibli and is biblical. Two things. It comes true and it's biblical. A true prophet is 100% accurate because he worships God in spirit and in truth, and he speaks the truth because God is truth. We must reject false prophets and remove them from the assembly of believers. 
Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5, if a prophet or one who foretells by dreams appears among you and announces to you a miraculous sign or wonder, and if that sign or wonder of which he has spoken takes place, and he says, let us follow other gods, gods you have not known, and let us worship them, you must not listen to the words of that prophet or dreamer. The Lord your God is testing you to find out whether you love him with all your heart and with all your soul. It is the Lord you got, your God you must follow, and him you must revere. Keep his commandments, obey him, serve him, and hold fast to him. That prophet or dreamer must be put to death because he's, he preached rebellion against the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt and redeemed you from the land of slavery. He has tried to turn you from the way of the Lord your God, that the Lord your God commanded you to follow. You must purge the evil from among you. You know, a lot of times false prophets at least claim they have a good track record, but they are never 100% accurate. However, they may be able to fool people into thinking they do. And that's where the teaching test comes in and why it's listed as the first test of discernment. Some prophets can look really good, but if they're teaching heresy, you can be sure it's a test from the Lord to see if you will love him with all your heart. John tells us that if we love the Lord, we will obey his commands. That's John 14, 21, 15, 10, 1 John 5, 2 and 3, 2 John 1, 6, etc. The Bible commands us over and over again to test, discern, and judge teaching, prophecy, and fruit. We must reject heretics who are unrepentant. If we do not obey the Lord in this, we're proving that we don't really love him. Deuteronomy 18.20, but a prophet who presumes to speak my name anything, uh, in my name anything I have not commanded him to say, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods must be put to death. Now, we don't put false prophets to death today, but we are to remove ourselves from their presence and warn others to stay away from them. Deuteronomy 18.22, but if a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord, if what a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord does not take place or come true, that's a message the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. The Lord is against those who give false prophecies. Jeremiah is a good place to read about that. Jeremiah 23, 32. Indeed, I'm against those who prophesy false dreams, declares the Lord. They tell them and lead my people astray with their reckless lies, yet I did not send or appoint them. They do not benefit these people in the least, declares the Lord. Those who follow false prophets will share in their judgment. Jeremiah 5.31 The prophets prophesy lies, the priests rule by their own authority, and my people love it this way. But what will you do in the end? Jeremiah 23.31 Yes, declares the Lord, I am against the prophets who wag their own tongues, and yet declare the Lord declares. Jeremiah 26, 15, I have not sent them, declares the Lord. 
They're prophesying lies in my name. Therefore, I will banish you and you will perish, both you and the prophets who prophesied to you. Oh, if I'm following a false prophet, I am going to get the same judgment? Yes. I often use the illustration, if I get in my car and you follow me in your car, you probably end up at my house. <laughs> you're following a false prophet, you're going to end up where he's going to end up. And trust me, you don't want that. Get away from that. Ezekiel 13, 9, my hand will be against the prophets who see false visions and utter lying divinations. They will not belong to the council of my people or be listed in the records of the house of Israel, nor will they enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I'm so sovereign Lord. You know what? We're not to even listen to false prophecies. Jeremiah 23, 16, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Do not listen to what the prophets are prophesying to you. They fill you with false hopes. This is key. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. False prophets are often those who claim they had a dream or a vision of the Lord or from the Lord. Jeremiah 23, 25, I've heard what the prophets say who prophesy lies in my name. They say, I had a dream. I had a dream. <laughs> heard that one before. There are a dime a dozen on TBN and other networks. False prophets are actually using divination and the delusion of their own minds instead of actually communicating with God. I like this verse, Jeremiah 14, 14. Then the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying in my name. I have not sent them or appointed them or spoken to them. They are, prof they are, they are prophesying to you false visions, divinations, idolatries, and delude the delusions of their own minds. That is so accurate. Ezekiel 22, 28. Her prophets whitewash these deeds for them by false visions and lying divinations. They say, this is what the sovereign Lord says when the Lord has not spoken. These guys always use omens and divinations in their prophecies, almost always. They're just tied to them. Um, Jacob is famous for having heard uh, um, Michael, uh, Michael Brown, who was flying into Israel at the time, and they were having huge fires that were very, very dangerous. And he's like prophesying while he's in the airplane and, and also to the crowd that um, that meant that the fire of the Holy Spirit was going to come down on Israel. <laughs> it was a sign. Of course, it didn't happen, you know, the way he was promoting it. You know, I often say, you know, it's, these guys are like uh, driving in their car and then a blackbird comes and poops on their windshield. They go to the church and they go, the Lord told me that Satan is attacking our church and blah, 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 you know. 
I've seen it so many times. That's not the Lord speaking to them. We are then to test their fruit. The final test is to compare the words and actions of any teacher or prophet with the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 18-25. It's also helpful to look at the list of things that are the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit in that same passage. If a person falsely prophesies even once, they're likely using divination and false visions. What are they doing? Are they trying to build a following and promote themselves, gaining fame? Then they likely have selfish ambition. Do they promote drunken the spirit? Well, that's the sin of drunkenness. If they're stripping the poor of their money with crooked money-raising schemes, that's the fruit. That's not the fruit of kindness. If their meetings are marked by wild manifestations, they do not have the fruit of peace or self-control. If they are cocky mockers, they do not have the fruit of gentleness. They fail on all counts. Galatians 5, 18 through 25, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is serious business, folks. We need to warn people away from this stuff. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. So since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Don't be running out ahead of the Spirit. Don't lag behind. Keep in step. That means walking with the Lord. The Lord will cut off anyone who does not bear fruit. This means anyone who does not have the fruit of the Spirit and has not been doing the will of the Father. John 15, 2, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so it will be more faithful. You know what? The Lord is in the business of pruning us these days. We have a lot of oppositions to our faith out there, both in the culture and in the churches. But remember, he's trying to prune us to make us ready to be able to help people. We need to allow that pruning to happen. So in conclusion, we must understand that those who are false teachers, false prophets, without the fruit of the Spirit, are a blight on true Christianity. We must separate ourselves from them. It's not a harsh thing I'm talking about here. This is actual reality. 